I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sasha Kelly and welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks whoever said that business news needs to be all business. Today, We're going to try something a little bit different. You're used to hearing me introduce one story that we talk about for about 15 minutes or so. But today we wanted to tackle three. And I'm just going to level with you. There's no special reason for it. It's just that a few stories have popped up that we really want to talk about. And we just didn't think there was quite enough to get you through 15 minutes. So we thought, why not put them all together? So here we are. 15 minutes, three stories, five minutes each. To do this, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates. It's Darcy Cordell. Darcy, are you up for this challenge today? I'm absolutely up for it, Sasha. And you're lucky you've got me today rather than Alec because we know he would waffle on for more than 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, not me. But you're right. There would be a fair bit on the cutting room floor, on the virtual cutting room floor. Look, I'm going to give you a bit of a tease for our three stories today, and then you're going to choose which one we're going to dive into first. Right. Here they go. Number one, how has monkey labor led to a change in HelloFresh's policies? Two, multiple people have been arrested for sushi terrorism in Japan, which is on the rise. And three, 90 million people in Ethiopia who currently don't use the internet might suddenly be getting access. And what does that mean? Darcy, what should we start off with? Let's start with the story about HelloFresh and their operations in Thailand. This is Kulap, one of countless monkeys trapped in Thailand's coconut industry. Pita Asia investigators have uncovered shocking abuse of monkeys on farms in Thailand that produce coconuts for export around the world to be used to make coconut milk, yogurt, oil, and other products. Yes, this is all about a crackdown on monkey labor. Thailand is the home of the coconut. In 2021, it exported more than 230,000 metric tonnes of coconut milk, which was worth about 12,800 million baht or 375 million US dollars. It accounts for 80% of the market share in the US. But the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA, has accused Thai growers of the use of forced monkey labour in the coconut industry there. And as a result, Walmart, Costco and other large American retailers have stopped the sale of Chaco coconut milk, which is a Thai brand. But the meal kit company HelloFresh has pledged to stop using coconut milk from Thailand altogether. They've gone that step further. Darcy, what is going on with Thailand's coconut industry? Should I be buying their produce? I guess that's a matter of your personal thoughts, but I'll tell you what's happening in Thailand first, Sasha. And this story kicked off last November when Peter 
published a report claiming that monkeys were being abused at dozens of coconut retrieval operations around Thailand. This was Peter's third investigation into the Thai coconut industry and it found the use of monkeys is rampant throughout the country. I've got to ask, how exactly are monkeys being used? You get all sorts of mental images, but they're clearly climbing the trees, right, and collecting the coconuts? Yeah, that's right. So coconut trees average between 60 to 80 feet or about 20 metres high and Peter claims that monkeys are being forced to climb these trees for hours a day and pick coconuts that are then used to make products products like coconut milk, flour and oil. And the thing is, male monkeys are able to pick up to 1,000 coconuts a day, whereas humans can only pick about 80. Peter says these monkeys have been kidnapped, chained and whipped, and they've found and documented some of this evidence. There are estimates that Thai farmers have a total of about four to 5,000 monkeys in captivity helping them pick coconuts. And after finding out this information, Peter's supporters sent nearly 100,000 emails pushing companies like HelloFresh to abandon Thai produce. Yeah, that's right, and it has worked. Around the world, companies are ditching Thai coconut milk. More than 25,000 retailers in the US and Europe have stopped selling Thai coconut brands. And this week, German company HelloFresh made headlines for ditching Thai producers altogether. We're yet to see any Australian retailers make announcements, but it's probably a matter of time before we see more brands ditch Thai coconut milk. Earlier, we talked about the fact that Thailand supplies 80% of American coconut milk. I'm sure it's a similarly large percentage around the world. Are we going to see coconut milk shortages? Is that the next shortage that's going to be gripping our supermarkets? Some good news here. At this stage, it doesn't look like that. There hasn't been any material change in prices for coconut milk or other coconut-related products. And retailers are pretty confident that they can source coconuts from other countries that don't use monkey labour. Peter is encouraging consumers to buy products made from coconuts grown in the Dominican Republic, India, Indonesia, the Philippines and Vietnam, all of which don't use monkeys to pick the coconuts. All right, and what has the response from Thailand been? The Royal Thai Embassy has announced a new Monkey Free Plus program, which was announced back in December, basically trying to rid the country and the country's farmers of using monkeys to help pick coconuts. Having said that, though, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Kingdom of Thailand, they still have a video on their government Facebook page from 2020 with a chained monkey picking coconuts. Wow. Okay. One to watch. Well, let's get on to our second story, which is sushi terrorism in Japan. Oh, there's growing outrage in Japan over so-called sushi terrorism pranks at conveyor belt restaurants. The latest involved three people who drank soy sauce directly from a communal bottle, amongst other things, sparking hygiene concerns. They have been arrested, but that's not the only this case. This story has been a few months in the making. There's been a rise in customers at sushi restaurants basically sabotaging other people's food with some pretty disgusting and unhygienic acts. The first case was earlier this year where a teenager licked the rim of a teacup before placing it back on a shelf and then wiped the saliva on a plate of passing sushi. And so it's just been escalating from here. Yeah, so since then we've seen people drinking straight from the bottle of communal soy sauce and others just putting the full bottle in their mouth. This is so bizarre and it it's not a good idea to make broad generalizations but the Japanese are known as very hygienic people. I cannot imagine this has helped their confidence in eating out. 
Yeah, and we haven't come up with the term sushi terrorism. That is how the Japanese media are reporting it. It's definitely shocked the Japanese public and made people understandably nervous about eating out. Sushi train restaurants have had to take some pretty drastic measures to attract customers back into their restaurants. This week, Choshimaru Restaurant in Tokyo said it was stopping its conveyor belts. Sushiro, the market leader, is only delivering sushi via an express lane to customers who order via touchscreen devices. And Kura Sushi said it would soon start using cameras equipped with artificial intelligence to monitor customers' tables. There's obviously some complaints about that, that it's effectively putting their clients under surveillance. It's not stopping there. We've actually seen people arrested for sushi terrorism. We have. Japanese police have made several arrests under the charge of unhygienic and harassing behaviour. A 21-year-old who is alleged to have drunk from the communal soy sauce bottle in the city of Nagoya last month is one of those arrested. And two other customers, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old, were also arrested for allegedly helping share a 10-second clip that showed the 19-year-old placing a soy sauce bottle in his mouth. You've said something really interesting there. They shared a 10-second clip. It reminds me of when um, Ice Bucket Challenge or Planking, do you remember when Planking went absolutely viral about (laughs) seven years ago? Is that where this is coming from? Is it a viral trend? Without knowing for sure, it's what it seems like, doesn't it? There's quite a few of these sushi terrorism cases, the very harsh word, that have been filmed and shared online. And all the arrests so far are about 21 years old and under. So it does feel like a bit of a trend or craze. But it's certainly one that I wouldn't feel good about if I was eating out in Japan. No, not at all. So two down, Darcy, one to go. Well, let's turn to our third story. 90 million people in Ethiopia don't use the internet and this might all be about to change. We're going to talk about what that means in just a minute. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome back to The Dive, the podcast that says business news doesn't need to be all business. Thank you so much for your feedback and your five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. Please jump in your podcast player, write some notes on Spotify, give us a five-star review on Apple. Every single bit helps. We've got one more story to go. And Darcy, we're heading to Ethiopia. Africa's second most populous nation is going online. We know the power of getting access to the internet has. We've seen the emergence of a Southeast Asian middle class over the past decade, which has all come about from providing cheaper smartphones and access to the internet. So why is this a story now with Ethiopia? Last year, Ethiopia's government ended their state-owned monopoly on providing internet and they opened it up to private companies. Uh Before this change, Ethiopia's internet was plagued by high costs and some low quality. In a country of 120 million people, less than 30 million were on the internet. So just 25% of the population. And also, Darcy, the government would often turn off the internet 
during moments of political tension. Yeah, that's right. The conflict-ridden Tigray region in the north of Ethiopia is living through one of the world's longest internet blackouts. Residents of northern Ethiopia report that internet, mobile phone and landline communications have been cut since government troops moved into Tigray. And across the country, internet shutdowns cost the economy $8.3 million a day, according to the Centre for Advancement of Rights and Democracy. All right, so 25% of their population is connected to the internet. Help me understand that percentage in context globally. 97% of people in the UK are connected to the internet, 91% of people here in Australia and in the US, 76% in Bangladesh, down to 60% in India and 43% in Iraq. But worldwide, 63% of people are internet users. So 25%, does that put Ethiopia as one of the lowest in the world? It's actually not even close. From what we could find, there are five countries in the world with less than 5% of their population online. And I'm sure it doesn't surprise you, Sasha, that all five are in Africa. Burundi, Central African Republic, Guinea-Bissau, Eritrea and Somalia are the bottom five. The story here is that's worth paying attention to because if these numbers start moving and more of the African population come online, this is going to lead to investment in infrastructure and things are going to start moving really quickly. For sure. And Ethiopia is a case study of this. Since the government lifted the monopoly last year, Kenyan telecoms giant Safaricom launched services in Ethiopia after it paid $850 million to operate in the country. So their investors plan to invest another $8 billion in internet infrastructure in Ethiopia over the next decade. And that marks the largest single foreign direct investment in Ethiopia's history. And competition has also been revolutionary. Rest of World reported that five years ago, unlimited mobile internet in Ethiopia would cost around $100 US a month. Since Safari commented the market, that is now just $19 a month. So that leads me to wonder, is this just an Ethiopian story if we are also hearing those low percentage numbers in other parts of the continent? Yeah, more of Africa is coming online. It's definitely still behind the rest of the world, but the investment is flowing. Google and Facebook are building giant undersea cables that will travel around the continent of Africa to connect consumers with faster and more stable internet. Across the continent, about 500 million people are online right now, but estimates are that another 300 million people will join them by 2025, just two years away. So the impacts of so many people getting online are going to be pretty profound. And we can bet that this won't be the last time we talk about this story, Sasha. Oh, what a way to finish. Well, we've wrapped up our third story and there's a real watch this space to it. We're going to leave it there for today, but please let us know what you think of the format, of the stories, what piqued your interest, what you're doing right now and how much you love The Dive. Get in touch with us, thedive at equitymates.com or right there in your podcast player, you can leave us a message. But always remember the best thing that you can do for us is send this on to a friend who you think will enjoy it. We love it when we reach new ears. A huge thanks to you, Darcy, for joining me today. Thanks, Sasha. Loved it. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.
This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.